0: Hello and welcome to episode 28 of Having a Chat. My name is Tommy Kasher and today I'm chatting with Darcy Short about cricket. Hailing from the Northern Territory, Darcy Short burst onto the scene in his BBL debut way back in BBL 6. Since then... He's dominated the Big Bash, making 200s and sitting fourth on the all-time most sixes list. He's had a stint with the Rajasthan Royals in the IPL, as well as representing Australia in both T20s and ODIs. Now, while 2016 was when Darcy made himself known to cricketing fans across the country, he actually made his debut back for Western Australia in 2011. He's now taking some time in the middle of his busy BBL schedule to have a chat. So the way I I kick off my podcast is the first question is always, what did you have for breakfast?
1: What did I have for breakfast? Uh, The old standard poached eggs on toast with a bit of bacon what i go with nearly every morning and it's pretty pretty boring really
0: <laughs> so when you're not in like a bubble or you know in the middle of a tournament are you making that yourself is that you go to when you're like at home
1: uh no i'm normally going out and sitting in a cafe <laughs> yeah, um, okay. whether it's whether it's by myself or, or with the missus or um or my dog it's just go to a cafe chill out have a have a coffee and, and breakfast and Head on home.
0: Are you big on like meal prep and getting all that sort of stuff sorted? Or are you just kind of like day to day, you'll go to Coles or Woolies and kind of get what you need? Or are you sort of like on a Sunday, you do your meal prep, you got your week sorted?
1: Uh, if I'm home, it's it's normally uh, my partner getting it organized and having a Coles delivery, delivered on a, on a Thursday and it's ready for a week. And I guess we just meal prep to have cook once and have meals for two or three nights and then, um, yeah, then cook again. But uh, I don't do a lot of cooking. <laughs> yeah, okay. At the moment it's a lot of Uber Eats and yeah, I guess just eating eating takeout, which is, is probably not good for the body, but um that's hub life at the moment.
0: Mate, what's your go to? If you did have like a night at home and for whatever reason you couldn't get Uber Eats and you're in charge of yep. cooking, what's your go to meal?
1: Uh, steak and veggies. <laughs>
0: yeah, okay. That's an easy one.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, nah, look, I, I love my steak and that's that's probably my go to in terms of if, if I was cooking it and wanted to yeah, have a have a decent decent meal at home.
0: Surely that balances out all the Uber Eats we're doing. Just a nice steak and veggies helps the rig and then you can sort of splurge on your Uber Eats.
1: Definitely. Surely once a week that, that helps <laughs> yeah. out. I guess keeps you on track.
0: Mate, so uh, in my research, I found out that you're originally from the Northern Territory and you moved to Darwin when you were four and your parents owned yep. an, like an indoor sports centre. Yep. Mate, what was that like growing up? Was that just heaven like as a young kid being around sport and – you know where your parents worked was where you could go and play. Yeah,
1: definitely, it was um, something that I really enjoyed growing up. Being able to go play whatever sport I wanted indoors, and five or six nights a week, I was I was spent in there either playing three games of indoor cricket in a night, or I was playing volleyball, or playing netball, and even soccer. So it was a fun time growing up, and yeah, it was like it's like having a hundred mates come up, come to your house every night, and all you're doing is running around and playing sport the whole time.
0: How much did that – because I know indoor cricket so different to like outdoor normal cricket, whatever you want to refer to it as, but how much do you reckon that helped your development like growing up?
1: Uh, I would say a lot um, just because I was playing cricket and I wasn't really changing my game. I was always trying to hit the ball as hard as I can to the back net. And <laughs> yeah. I guess, yeah, it just it helps you with your reactions and whatnot as well, being in there and fielding, fielding as well. So um, I think it's helped it. Helped me quite a lot in terms of to, to get to where I am
0: so at what stage then did you start I guess realizing that you had a lot of potential and talent as a junior
1: uh, I was always told at a young age that I had had the ability to to do what I wanted with it and I guess it was just whether whether I wanted to or how far I wanted to take it it's always been a dream to I guess play for Australia and been been successful in that and, and I, I want to keep doing it but yeah I was always told at a young age and yeah, like I never really believed people. I was just always out there playing cricket and having fun.
0: So what was the standard of cricket like up there in in Darwin?
1: Uh, pretty good. We had a lot of imports come over from New Zealand um, and some from other states coming up to, to play cricket and because it was their off-season. It was the only place I could really play cricket and get games in. was was decent to, to start with when I was growing up playing cricket when I was 15, 16,
0: playing first grade. And you played some cricket there with your old man. Is that right as well, up in Darwin?
1: Yeah, I did. Um, it was a good time to be able to, I guess, share the memories to, to play cricket with, with my father and, yeah, I would love to be doing it again. But it was just fun because I felt like I was playing with my a mate and my father at the same time and we'd always get into each other if one didn't didn't score runs and the other one did. And, yeah, I remember that there was a day where I scored 100 in the morning in... Under-17s, I think it was. Uh, and Then we both played the game in the afternoon in B grade and he scored 100 in the afternoon. I got a first ball in that game. And he, he, he scored 124 and I scored 104. So he had the wood over me all day all day that day as well. So, yeah, that was just one of the memories that I had from, from growing up and playing career with my, with my dad.
0: Was there a fair bit of banter growing up? Because obviously you said you were, you know, told from a young age that you could go on. Was there an age where you started to have a bit of banter with your old man going, you know, I'm better than you now. Like I grew up and at 12 and 13, you were throwing balls to me and now I've kind of overtaken you.
1: Yeah, I think it uh, was at a, a probably 15, 16 where I think he realised that that was, that was the case. But <laughs> yeah. it, it was always hard on me in terms of being like, oh, if I only got to 50 or or 60, it'd be like, oh, calling me half a job all the time, not getting to 100. Like <laughs> um, it was – it, it was fun to, to grow up that way, and um, it was hard, but not like not too serious about it. And yeah. I've always had a bit of fun about it,
0: mate. Something I also want to chat to you about so I saw on your Instagram that last year for the BBL, you were posting the um, Indigenous Hurricanes uniform and your uh, bat stickers that Icon did up for you. So, with your Indigenous heritage, what does that mean to you? Ah, oh, it means a lot. I mean just
1: the history behind um, Indigenous culture and how long they've been around. And I guess for me now it's more trying to prove that there's a pathway in cricket for Indigenous kids growing up and showing that that dreams can happen, whether it's playing cricket or AFL or um, anything they want to do with, with their life. I think it's just being able to show that there's a pathway to doing what you want and what you love.
0: Do you think there is better pathways these days? I guess you'd be more across the pathways with cricket, but with you know yeah. AFL, NRL. Do you think there is more of an awareness? Yeah, the level of awareness we need to have around Indigenous culture and having programs that are specifically tailored to those communities.
1: Uh, I think it's. I think it's definitely on the right track. Um, I think AFL and NRL have, have maybe a little bit further in terms of, like, their their pathways and, um, I guess, tapping into that, the Indigenous communities, um, whether that's because it's easier just to have a football or a rugby ball in a community and that's what they've grown up with and it's a bit hard to have stumps and bats and balls in, in communities unless you get them there deliberately, which is, a, I think, Cricket Australia are trying to do and, and, and get to those communities and, um, I guess, build pathways through that. With with cricket, we've got the Impaja Cup that, that happens every year in our springs and that's always a good time to to be able to go to, especially when I was growing up playing with um, Indigenous kids and and I guess expressing our culture or or our abilities in that way and celebrating uh, our culture and be able to – to do it by playing cricket, I guess, and that's been getting better and better each year and hopefully there's a couple more young Indigenous kids that, that come out of that and play state cricket.
0: Yeah, because I read in your bio on the um, Cricket Australia website that you're the sixth Indigenous player to represent Australia, which is amazing, yeah. but I guess the, the goal of all this is to get to a point where... It's not really a big deal and we've got more Indigenous people, you know, in the uh, system.
1: Yeah, that'd be ideal just to have it as, as I guess, normality. Yeah. Um, it'd be great to, to have that happen and um, hopefully it happens in the next couple of years and, and some young kids coming through and, I guess, just expressing their talent and, and yeah, trying to achieve their dreams.
0: Mate, so back in 2011 you made your debut for Western Australia. Yeah. So then you had four years where you didn't play another game. So was that because you had this talent as a junior, you'd come up, you made your debut, and then you sort of weren't up to the level or what? How did that pan out? Uh,
1: bit of, I guess, miscommunication in terms of me not – me being real stubborn and not asking questions as to why I've been dropped and not in any squads from there. And okay. And I guess a lot, a lot of it being – On me just backing my ability and talent and not doing the hard work or realizing early enough to do the hard work. I mean, growing up in Darwin was always, I was always getting picked and not have to worry about selection or I guess not have to worry about doing the hard work to to get to that level. Yeah. And I think that was just something that, yeah, probably, I guess, stopped me from getting to. To staying consistent and playing from 2011. Yeah, it was something that I did probably didn't realise straight away either.
0: So, what were you doing after you made your debut in 2011? Were you playing grade cricket in Western Australia? Yeah,
1: yeah, I was playing grade cricket uh, in Western Australia for uh, Gosnells Cricket Club and, and Captain in the club. And I guess not really knowing what I was doing, whether I was just I was I was literally just playing cricket and um, seeing where life took me, basically, and uh, doing personal training as well. And I guess, yeah, that was just my life. And then, yeah, obviously, like I said, it probably took me a bit longer to realise that I had to actually work harder to to get to where I was.
0: So do you reckon during that four-year period you were, like, expecting a call or you weren't really thinking about it? Like you weren't really thinking that that was going to be your life and you were going to make a career and a living out of playing cricket?
1: Uh, there was, for the first year, I was just expecting that it was going to be another call to, to come back and, I guess, train with the squad and play with the squad and that. And then from there, it was, oh, well, like, maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe I'm just not destined to play, um, stay a little cricket and just get on with my life and doing PT and, and playing cricket on the weekends with, with my mates. And, yeah, that was basically the life I was I was living.
0: Mate, when you were just side getting sidetracked here, when you were PTing, were you into lifting heavy or were you doing, you know, like high high intensity training? What was your kind of go to as a PT?
1: I definitely wasn't high intensity training. that's for sure. <laughs> um, It was it was lifting heavy. I was probably sitting around ninety five kilos for for a while there. So yeah, it was more lifting heavy and um, I guess just trying to get bigger for for a while there. In in terms of not really. Doing anything sports specific to, I guess, for cricket to make me better and yep. um, push, to set, push to play state cricket.
0: Just working on the beach rig, making sure on the beaches of Western Australia you had a good rig to <laughs> to rock down there. Yeah,
1: pretty much. But it wasn't really a beach rig. I was just bigger and I get more, more of a puller muscle than, <laughs> yeah. than anything and, and not really toned. So um, <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was probably too far the other way in terms of <laughs> where I wanted to be.
0: So what changed then? What was there a moment or a conversation or something that happened that sparked you to go, actually, I really can push myself and I need to work harder?
1: Yeah, it was a, uh, a national indigenous tour um, to Queensland. Uh, we played against uh, the Queensland state side, national performance side, and an Australia A side. And I think it was five or six games we played, and I averaged 60 against those guys and, and did really well. And I guess it, it, made me realise that I can still play at that level. Um, and then getting back to WA, having a meeting with um, Justin Langer and uh, getting a certain word in terms of getting myself, I guess, fit and and, and committing to it really probably just pushed me that, that bit that I needed to, to, I guess, change my life around to, to be where I am now.
0: Do you reckon that's a big thing for cricketers these days? I mean, they talk about the old school mentality of cricketers you know in the 80s and everyone was told that you know harden up and you're not hard enough do you think being shown I guess I mean obviously don't know what happened in that conversation with JL but having someone tell you that you are good enough and show you and support you really helps young cricketers these days and they do need that a bit more than the harder kind of edge
1: yeah a little bit Um, I guess it was just a part of being told that get fit lose weight and um, you never know what could happen. Um, and me being stubborn like I am, wanting to prove people wrong, because I feel like at that stage, people were just like, yeah, whatever. He's not going to he's not gonna do it. He's just going to keep going the way he was. And I guess just to amount to or just fall away from, from playing cricket, the determination to do that was, um, I guess, what pushed me along. And I guess making my, my family proud as well. They all were behind me the whole time and, and backed me to, to play cricket as a as a job and it was
0: just something that pushed me along. Was it hard to, like, swallow your pride in the sense that, like, all right, okay, I am going to change and I do need to do things a bit differently? Like, was that a hard pill to swallow?
1: Uh, Not so much a hard pill to swallow, but I think it was just because I was so stuck in my ways of what I did for the last five or six years was, was quite tough and she won't admit it, but my partner, Gemma, had a lot to do with, I guess, keeping me on the right track of eating well and pushing me to, to be, I guess, into the, into the direction that I, I wanted to go. And yeah, I put a, a lot of my career, I guess, her backing me and, and keeping me on the right track in terms of eating and that as well. But she won't admit it, but that's, it's, it's true and she should take a lot of credit for it.
0: Your partner, Jimmy, you're getting married soon? Yep,
1: um, hopefully, yes. <laughs> on, the 20, on the 21st of May. We've moved it twice now, um, one due to COVID and one due to cricket, so
0: yep.
1: hopefully third time's a charm and uh, we don't have to move it again.
0: Do you consider yourself to be a bit of a romantic?
1: Uh, definitely not. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess I try sometimes and I'll buy flowers every now and then when I know she's feeling down and that, but in terms of the romantic side of things, not not. Not really, no. It doesn't really come naturally.
0: <laughs> Did we have a really like romantic proposal, you know, on a on a cliff somewhere with a sunset and, you know, photographers out uh, there for you?
1: Wasn't no cliff, wasn't no photographers, but um, <laughs> we got a dessert box or I made Gemma get a dessert box done.
0: <laughs> Wait, okay, hang, on a second, hang on a second. You made Gemma get the dessert box. Yeah, yeah. Listen,
1: <laughs> her work friend does them. Oh yeah, okay. I didn't have a number, so yeah, so that's right. how. we yep. got to that part. Yeah, of it okay. get it. um and we went to Swan Valley, and I ended up sticking the ring box inside of that and made her open it. She was, she pushed it forward because she was very determined that she wanted to open the dessert box before <laughs> dinner, and I wanted to, to do it after. So it was a bit of a rushing around to, <laughs> to get it in there and. I guess and bring the box out, and uh, it was not rushed, but felt like I was pushed into doing it earlier than I wanted to. And but no, look, she ended up saying yes, and she she was surprised and didn't expect it to happen.
0: How were the nerves before that moment? Like when you'd put it in the box and you were, you know, on your way out there, were you more nervous before something like that, or before a big, you know, big bash game, or a or a T Twenty against India?
1: I was nervous. I was more nervous asking your dad and I knew he was probably going to say yes anyway. So yeah, okay. that yeah. was the hardest part, asking, asking your father. And I guess I couldn't even get my words out before he even said yes. So um, I assumed that was a that was a good thing <laughs> from there. And it's definitely the most nerve wracking I've been. Um, walking out in front of crowds, easy compared to, to getting down on one knee and asking the question. Do you still get nervous
0: before you play games?
1: Uh, yeah, sometimes, especially if I'm not scoring runs, it feels like uh, I get more nervous going into each game after that. But it, it quickly goes away, I guess, when you, when you hit the first ball or, or, or get off the mark. And you know, I see him as, I guess, good, good to be nervous because you, you still care about what you're doing and, yeah, and you want to do well.
0: Uh, in the test the other day, Wadey and, uh, Richard Pant were having a bit of chat. Do you ever chat much when you're batting?
1: Yeah, I don't mind a chat. I don't mind getting in a contest and, Getting involved in in I guess trying to keep myself in the game and and stir the or the batters a bowler's having to go at me and me going back gets me in the contest and I really enjoy that and makes me more stubborn and determined. But yeah, Wadey picks on the people that. Uh, I remember Big Bash game playing against Scorchers and he was going at Mitch Johnson and it was oh. the second time I faced him in the game and I was like, mate, like, I was fast up as these. He's having a go at him and then gets off strike and I've got to face him. It's like, just pick your battles and who you want to do it with. Like it's fine, but make sure I don't have to go and, strike yeah. and face him anymore. So, but yeah, no, nah, it's great to, I, I guess, get in the contest and um, especially when Wade is out there as well. It's even better to, I guess, have us two going at going at a bowler.
0: In the Hurricane squad at the moment, who would who would be the best on the lip out in the field? James Faulkner has a uh, bit of a chat, doesn't he?
1: Yeah, James Faulkner loves a chat, but he also <laughs> loves chatting about himself as well. <laughs> oh, okay. so, right. He he definitely doesn't mind a chat in terms of giving it to, to the batters while he's out there as well. So
0: Since uh, I guess this season has started, you've played a couple of shield games for WA and then the Three T20s against India at the start of December, and now the Big Bash. What's the COVID kind of situation like? Like, do you, how's it changed your routine? I guess around games and hubs and all that sort of stuff.
1: Uh, it doesn't really change routines or anything, but I guess it's just turned to, to hub life and, and dealing with different rules. And normally, shield cricket, you'll you'll go play a game away for a week and a half, and you'll go home, and you'll be at home for a week and a half, play a game there, and then you'll leave again. Whereas now, I think it's been like. I reckon I've been home for 72 hours since maybe the middle of October.
0: So, oh, wow. Like,
1: just because I've been in, in shield cricket, into um, international setup, into BBL Hub Life. Like, it's just been, a, uh, I guess, a, a never ending bubble, which is something that's a bit different and you have to deal with. But it's like, I guess it's no different to going over to the UK and playing cricket for six months, but we're just doing it at home at the moment. So, it's it's different, that's for sure. But, like, I guess it's something we have to do at the moment with, with COVID around. So I guess for me, it's just taking it every day as it comes at the moment and trying to enjoy it as much as possible.
0: With the BBL squads coming together kind of you know a few weeks before the tournament starts and then trying to gel together for the season, do you think this hub has will help teams gel and bond better?
1: Yeah, I think it will. Um, it's been a bit different this year because I got here the day before the first game and played the day after so it was like I was just rushed in and, and played but because I've been here for four or five years so it's it was okay. Like I I know everyone anyway but, it's yeah, I think it's definitely helped in terms of teams gel together and you've either got to gel together or it's not really going to work because you, you're always in each other's pockets all the time.
0: You mentioned you've been at the Hurricanes for the last few years. What was it like when the shoe was on the other foot for you and you went over to the IPL and played for Rajasthan? How hard was that trying to gel with a group of people that you would probably hadn't met the majority of them before or played with before
1: yeah that was also tough because i had a a bit of a passport issue in terms of star trek losing it and not getting it back to me in time when i was meant to actually go so i had a bit of trouble in terms of trying to find a new one and then when i ordered a new one the other one showed up but that was cancelled out anyway because i ordered a new one so it was a bit hectic to to get over there and there was the same thing i would have got over there a day or two days before the first game and then sucked straight in so uh, it was a, a hectic time beforehand, and then yeah, got off to a bad start over there in terms of getting run out first two games in a row. And I guess the pressure just built from there because of how much I went for and how much I wanted to do well uh, and prove that I was worth that money and I was meant to be there. Yeah, and I guess it was just chasing my tail from there, trying to trying to prove that I was I was meant to be there, and yeah, and just wanting to to do well for the team.
0: How hard is that? Like, I guess as a cricket fan, when, you know, we all look at the IPL and how much players go for, how much more pressure does that add to you knowing that everyone knows what people go for?
1: Yeah, it was I guess at the start when I first went for it, I was I couldn't believe it and I was like, Oh well like cool, that's that's gonna be awesome to be going over there and yeah, I was I when I first got over there it didn't bother me and then when I didn't do well, that's when I started hitting me and I was like, Jesus, I've got to start doing something here. Otherwise, I'm going to be dropped or it's going to be like I'm not going to be able to come back again or like, just wanting to, as an overseas player, I guess more onus is on you to, to do well because you've been picked up to, to come over and, I guess, help them win a title and it's probably something that I, that I didn't do and I'd want to be able to go back and, I guess, prove that, that I can play cricket over there and, and do well.
0: Is that something you'll hopefully do... You're looking at doing in, like in the next couple of seasons?
1: Yeah. Yeah, i have put myself back in the draft each year and for whatever reason haven't been picked up, but I'll keep doing it and, and hopefully I get a, tr- uh, a chance to, to go back and I guess give it another go really.
0: Is that more for yourself, to prove to yourself that you can play over there in those conditions?
1: Yeah, probably more more for to, to prove to myself that I can go over there and do it. I went and played an A2 over there and did reasonably well so I know I can do it it's just getting the opportunity to go back and I guess yeah enjoy the experience because now that I've been once I know what I what to expect and I guess be better prepared for it.
0: Well mate hopefully Star Trek can get on board next time and make sure they get you your passport when you need it.
1: Yeah well just make it make sure it's done a bit earlier this time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Mate Darcy Short thank you so much for having a chat I don't want to take up too much of your time I know you got interviews back to back today so I really appreciate Uh, the time you've given me and going into a bit of your backstory, talking about your heritage. um, And I wish you the best of luck for the the rest of this BBL season and the rest of your uh, cricketing career. No
1: worries. Thanks for having me on.